Father Patrick's always going to have the biggest hugs and the longest ones too. So. <laughs> so as Father Jim said, I'm Jordan Beechnall, and, uh, and I'm here, I'm one of the team members today, and Father Patrick Gagnon was one of, the, one of the priests that he led it in April, and he invited me back to come with him, and he's been such an honor and a blessing. It's a privilege to be here tonight, and I'm just one of the team members, and thank you. We want to thank Susie, and we want to thank Father Jim, and we want to thank all of you for coming here tonight, so can we just give it a round of applause to all those who coordinated? And fresh news right now, we just learned that it's Father Jim's birthday, the spiritual father of this house, on Wednesday. Can we sing him happy birthday right now? Happy birthday to Thank you for your, your priesthood, Father. It's such a blessing to be back. So who was here at the healing service April 7th of this past year? Raise your hands. Nice and high. Praise God. And who here may have received or know somebody that has received healing that night? Does anybody? Wow. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, God. So we were here back in April, and Father Patrick led a healing service here. And as you can see, there are multiple people here right now that had, that had physical healings that took place that night. And just some quick testimonies between April and now. Just this past week, uh, a coworker of mine, she's been dealing with a lot of carpal tunnel, right? And she, uh, I noticed she had tape on her over her wrist. And this happened uh, two Thursdays ago. And so we just asked, can we pray? And she had, she's been having bad carpal tunnel. She said her pain was at a 12 out of 10. She's been going to the doctors, can't do anything about it. Like they've been, they've been trying to do things, but it just hasn't been feeling better. And when we prayed, she said the shooting pain in her hands were completely gone. And I followed up with her this past Thursday. I said, hey, I haven't heard anything. How are those wrists feeling? I haven't seen any tape on them or anything like that. She says, well, I actually just canceled my doctor's appointment because literally for a full week, I haven't had any pain at all. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. And a few weeks ago, too, my mom, I'm getting married in December. Praise God. <laughs> Me and my mom were at the tux shop, and she just tells me her right shoulder's hurting. And I said, let's just pray real quick. So just said a quick prayer. She said, I feel like there's oil over my shoulder right now. She could feel it. She could full it, feel it, freely move her shoulder. It was awesome. Today, right after Mass, going to a Chaldean liturgy. It's beautiful. <laughs> right after Mass, I uh, went to Kroger, and I met this, this woman who worked at Kroger. Her name was Dee, and she, had, she also had a brace on her wrist. So she also had carpal tunnel, so I released the testimony to her, prayed with her, and I said, how are you feeling right now? She goes, I actually do feel a lot better. She didn't, take the, she didn't take the brace off or anything like that. On my way out, I met another woman. Her name was Dee Dee. <laughs> so I met a Dee and met a Dee Dee. She was, she was on crutches, and she was there with her friend, and she looked like she was probably waiting for a car. So I just took the opportunity to share Jesus with her, and it sounded like she was on fire for Jesus, too. She, as soon as I said it, she said, by his stripes we were healed. <laughs> so, so she knew she knew it. And uh, she's been having really bad uh, knee problems, and the doctors have no idea what it is, but they think it's probably just early arth- arthritis. 
we prayed really quick, and she was afraid to do too much on her crutches, so she just tried to straighten her leg. And she said, I have not been able to do that, even wow. straighten her leg. So praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And what's going to happen tonight? We're going to see miracles happen. We're going to see people rise up and give testimony to what Jesus has did for them. But the healings never point to themselves. There's a reason for signs and wonders. And they always prove one thing and they point to another from the same person. And so the gospel has power. The gospel itself has power. And it releases power. Jesus, when he came, he didn't just preach that he was going to forgive people. He preached that he was going to die for people and give power from on high to his followers so that they can have the power too. And what does it prove? It proves that Jesus is risen, he's alive, and he is the king. And he's here tonight. And it always points beyond itself. So the gospel... I, when, you, when you look back at salvation history, I truly believe that there's really two fundamental things that God's trying to get across. How much you're loved. How much you're loved and the, and the lengths that he'll go to show his love for you. And the second thing is to give you power in your identity. So it's to show and to prove his love for you. Every single person here right now, even if somebody dragged you here, even that dragging was a grace of God. Moved by grace to come here tonight. You are called by name. You're perfectly loved. And he's always wanted to prove his love, and not only to prove his love, but say, here is my love for you to live, to give us full power. Do you guys know Jesus? He's the new Moses. Did you guys know that? In our faith, they teach Jesus is the fulfillment of Moses, and he inaugurated a new exodus. So let's go back to the first exodus with Moses, okay? What happens is Israel is enslaved. They're in bondage in Egypt. And they were actually comfortable with it, believe it or not. They were working a lot, but they were, just, they were there for so many years that they were comfortable with it. This is life. But God said, I have more for you. So through Moses, God leads his people out of bondage and out of slavery in Egypt. So on that night, they had the lamb, the Passover lamb. That's where we get the, the beginning of the Exodus, the Passover lamb. And, he, and, the, and God frees his people from, from Israel, or from Egypt, and Israel goes out into the desert. They cross the Red Sea with the, with the enemy behind them, and the waters sweep over them. And they go, and they wander in the desert, and they're going to the promised land. So it's something that just happened, and it's something that's promised. But in the meantime, they're also starting to complain. They even said, God, why did you bring us out here? We, we would have had food. We were better off in slavery. Why did you bring us out here? And God says, even though you're complaining, I'm going to give you manna from heaven. When they would wake up, they would see dew on the grass. And they would have, it. literally, manna means whatchamacallit. <laughs> like, what is it? Because they have no idea what it is. It's this bread from heaven that God is giving to his people to sustain them. They're hungry, and God says, I'll feed you. I'll go any depths to feed you. And so... They're being fed with this manna. And after that, God has given, gives Moses the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. And that's actually where the tabernacle and the temple worship was revealed to Moses in a cloud to see the worship. 
And this is when he institutes the worship of, uh, of uh, what Jesus or what God has revealed to him right there. And that's where the, the worship of the sacrifice of the tabernacle came. And so we see this heavenly worship even in the midst. And they have this manna. They have all these gifts that God is giving them to say, I love you. And do you actually know, even at, in the first century, Jesus would have seen this. The bread of the presence they would keep in the tabernacle at a certain spot in the temple. And on Sundays, a lot of people think they would just rest, and that is true. But they also offered what they believed to be the most holy sacrifice back to God, which was bread and wine. And before they gave it to him, they, uh, when it was on the golden table because it was sacred, they would actually bring out the bread on that Sabbath, on that Saturday, and hold it up in front of all the Jewish people and say, Behold God's love for you. Behold God's love for you. And so in the wilderness, they wandered, and they were fed even though they complained. They didn't see the blessings that they had, but God was just showing, look it, I love you so much, don't you see? I have so much in store for you, this promised land. And so Jesus, as the new Moses, he institutes a new exodus. We may have been comfortable, two and a half years ago, I was for sure comfortable in my sin. I didn't even think there was anything wrong with me. The world's doing everything that I'm doing. I was comfortable, and especially here in the, Western, in the Western world, right? We can get pretty comfortable in our lives. But God said, I have more for you. And so Jesus, as the new Moses, the new Exodus, his new Passover, right? So even St. Paul calls him our Passover lamb. Every single time that the Eucharist comes out, you can, God is saying, behold God's love for you. It's even greater than manna. Jesus is the true manna, the true bread from heaven, right? When Jesus comes out tonight, He's saying to every single one of you, behold, I love you. Even during this, this, this new exodus, as you're going from this promised land. So every single time we see signs and wonders happening, we see what Jesus did 2,000 years ago come actualized in our lives, but also points us to a greater reality of heaven. And it's the kingdom of God breaking in. And it's, he's desiring a response. He wants our lives. He wants our hearts. And he'll go to the ends of the world for it. I could say I love you guys and I can say Jesus loves you. Obviously, that's like a good, good, good message right there. Jesus loves you. But there's something inadequate about words. And that's why Jesus, even in his earthly ministry, would do signs and wonders to back up his words. And then in John 16, as he's going to the cross, he looks at his disciples and he says, everything I've been telling you guys has been in parables, but I'm going to speak to you plainly right now. Because he's been saying, the, pro, the, lost, the, the lost sheep, the one that he's going to go find, I, I want to go, God is going to go find him. The lost coin, I'm going to bring that lost coin and rejoice when I find it. The prodigal son, there's nothing that you can do that, that will make me not run to you when you come back to me to give you full life. To give you authority again. To give you what's always been yours as a child of God. That was enough. But Jesus says, Watch what's about to happen, though. My testimony here on earth was not just to give words. And he fully expressed it on the cross. That's why, that's why a marriage is, is so sacred. It's because I can say I love you to so many people, but only in marriage you can actually fully give yourself out of love. And Jesus looks at you. That's why he calls himself the bridegroom. He looks at his bride and said, I'll die for you, to give you full life, to give you his full self. And so if you look at the Gospels, after his resurrection, 
What's he doing? It's the, it's the, the sacraments, the, gas, the gospel of Matthew. It's, the, it's centered around the whole kingdom of God. And baptism brings us into the kingdom of God. Matthew, Matthew 28, the end of Matthew. Right after his resurrection, he could have done anything. He said, I'm risen, I forgive you. But he says, go and make disciples of all nations. The mission is always go. And I give you power from on high by, with baptism. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, go and bring disciples into my kingdom. The gospel of Luke, after his resurrection, he could have said, I, I did it. But he said, on the road to Emmaus, I'm going to open your eyes with the bread from heaven. Every single person. It's not something that happened 2,000 years ago. Now I'm actually encountering him at every single mass. I encounter the love that he poured out, and I'm encountering the heaven that he promised us. Every single mass to give us power. And the Gospel of John, he tells, his, he tells his priests, go and forgive sins. And they go on mission. They go fish again, right? Bringing every single fish on board because Jesus wants all of us. All of us. And what this shows us is that God is always pursuing us. This is the grace of God, the sacraments. You don't have to think intellectually like, Jesus died for my sins. I think I believe it. It says, no, actually encounter it in the sacraments. When Jesus comes out, it's behold God's love for you. When you are forgiven in confession, you don't have to wonder if you're forgiven. That's the great gift of Jesus working through his body, the church. I forgive you. In the waters of baptism, your sin is wiped clean. You're a new creation in me. Live like it. In the gospel of Mark. So we encounter the sacraments to receive forgiveness and to receive power. And in the gospel of Mark, we become that sacrament. His, after his resurrection, he says, Mark 16, all those who believe in me, they will lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. They will cast out demons. You do it. So the gospel is always a gospel of power. The message itself has power. Father Patrick and I, we were at a Bethel concert and a woman, a young girl named Kelsey, she's fallen away from the church and we just shared the gospel with her. That's it. Jesus died for your sins. He loves you. He purchased it all. He redeemed you. And he wants you to live that, live that life of freedom that he offers. And just in that prayer, she said, my anxiety is completely gone. A friend of mine, he came to my bachelor party. I told him about Jesus. It's not just this intellectual believing. He's here right now. He wants to give you power to live as a new creation in Jesus. And he said, I feel like peace. I can't even describe what I'm feeling right now. It's because it's Jesus breaking in the kingdom of God, showing and proving what he's done 2,000 years ago and what he promised for all eternity, heaven. Every single time we have the power to bring the kingdom of heaven here, which is, show, even St. Paul says it's a both and. He says to the Romans, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. So we have the power of the resurrection, but we also have the power of the cross. So people come here tonight and we're looking for people to be healed, but Jesus is really seeking. These signs and wonders are pointing to a greater reality of what he's already done for you 2,000 years ago. He looked at every single one of you and purchased. Like, I could write a check right now for, for somebody right now that has debt, and that's great. Jesus still says that's not enough. God's life. So the cost that Jesus gave shows us our worth. Do we know that we have eternal value? He would go to the ends of the world for us. He would literally go to death, death on a cross. And so Jesus desires this relationship. So St. Paul says that we have that power of the resurrection, but also I'm crucified with Christ, for it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I'm cru the, cr cr the 
crucified Christ and the risen Christ both live in me. The gospel is power. And that's what's going to happen tonight. And so he's asking for us to respond. Will we respond tonight? It is incredible when people are in tears from what a physical healing took place or they feel the love of Jesus. I was saved when I was three and a half years old at my baptism. After that, I had no faith. I, the, the world took over in my heart. And then two and a half years ago, when I came into the church, I received the sacrament of confession. I received Holy Communion. I received confirmation that set me with that power from on high. It literally transformed me. It literally did something to me where I couldn't even go back if I wanted to, but God's grace was still saying, my grace is sufficient for you even when you feel weak. Even when you feel weak. He saves us today. And the hope is that he saves us tomorrow when we follow him. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. St. Paul was saying that. He's been a Christian for many years at that point. And there's Jesus, he died for, to give us power. Died to give us his strength. And so when we come here tonight, we're looking for healings. You're not going to be healed because you deserve it, and you're not not going to be healed because you don't deserve it. He's perfectly loved. His, his, his crucifixion gives us a purpose for our suffering. It's his power I can offer it to now. Every single thing I do in life, it can be united to eternal value because I'm united to Jesus. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Jesus loves us so much. So... I, this, this question I'm about to ask is for even people that are on fire Christians right now. So I, I hope that everybody raised their hand. So this is for people that aren't Catholic, aren't Christian, or anybody else here tonight. But even before we start worship tonight, is there anybody else here right now that wants to rededicate or to give their life to Jesus right now to make a decision? Raise their hand. Rededicate? Yeah, I'm rededicating. Yeah, you can rededicate. Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. So he's looking for a response. When I, even uh, if you guys can, each one of you just hold out your left hand in a, in, a, in a posture of reception, and the person on your right either just put your hand on their shoulder or put it in their hand, whatever you feel comfortable with. We're family now, right? Amen. When I was in my rosary, I was praying my rosary yesterday, and the very first uh, mystery is the Annunciation, and I heard Mary say, I also said yes for you. Before she could go to Elizabeth with the good news, she first had to receive. She first had to receive. So we want to receive in order to give, and we have to receive first. Jesus loves you so much. He wants us to receive it. Mary was the first one to receive the word of God, the eternal word of God in her heart and in her womb, and she went out with power, with the Holy Spirit, with her son incarnate. And we too have that same power. We have to receive it in order to go on mission. So if you guys just close your eyes and say this after me. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for bringing me here. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. For him dying for my sins. The cost he paid shows me my worth and value. He has done more than enough. I surrender my life. Tonight, 
I surrender my expectations. I give you full permission to be God, to be my Redeemer, to be my healer. Send us your Holy Spirit to worship you in freedom. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Set my heart on fire. For the love of Jesus. And for the love of our neighbor. So that they know Jesus is alive. And Jesus is King. Amen. And so after this prayer, we're going to move into worship for about a half hour. And Jesus is going to come out. Remember, behold God's love for you. He looks at you. He gazes upon you with love. Behold God's love for you. So we're going to worship for a half hour. And then after that, Father Patrick will get up. He's going to lead you through a beautiful inner healing. And the importance of inner healing is so fundamental to the gospel. You can essentially say this. The whole Christian life is really right relationships. So that we can have right relationship with God. Jesus died for us to give us power so we can have right relationship with God, but also to have right relationship with neighbor. This is so radical that even Jesus himself, talking to Jewish people who would only go to the, te- to the temple so often every year, even if you go there and you wait in this super long line to give your gift to God on the altar, leave it. First and go and be reconciled with your brother. So that's what we're going to do during that inner healing. We're going to repent. We're going to forgive. We're going to renounce stronghold and strongholds and bondages that that has been in our life that's been hindering our freedom in Jesus. And that a lot of times triggers a lot of physical healing. We've seen a lot of physical healing, even just from a person forgiving another person or forgiving a family member or someone that hurt them. And that is a grace from God, the gift of forgiveness in our hearts. And after that, we're going to move into corporate prayer. And we're going to do three types of corporate prayer, and we'll probably explain once we get there again. But we're just going to ask for the Holy Spirit to come for the first part, and we're just going to see the Holy Spirit start healing people. (laughs) It's going to be awesome. (laughs) And after that, we have an awesome team here that prayed for words of knowledge just before this, and and we're going to release those. We believe that the Lord loves speaking to us to release, to know that he's calling your condition specifically by name to see healing from that. And after that, we're going to move into the, to practicing our baptismal authority. Every single one of us in our baptism, we have the kingdom of God living in us. So we're going to lay our hands on our brothers and sisters who are hurting next to us, and we're going to ask the Lord to completely heal. And the Lord loves showing up then because I really think that he wants to show us both the gospel of not only he loves you, but the gospel of he wants to work through you, the power of it. There's a mystery of his sovereignty and, and free will, and he loves to meet those two. He loves a response. We want, he wants our response to have compassion for our brother and sister, to move with love. And that's only his love that can do that through us. Amen? Amen. So let's have fun tonight. Worship Jesus. Like, when you're worshiping Jesus, just complete childlike freedom. If you're more comfortable, when Jesus comes out too, we have this beautiful tradition of kneeling out of reverence. If you guys want to stay kneeling, sitting, standing with your hands up, whatever you want to do, be free tonight. You are a child of God and and God's kingdom right now, God's house right here at Our Lady of Hope. Amen? So let's have fun. Church, God bless you.
leading the bride in church, and the word worship in the New Testament, Christianeo, does mean also to kiss. So 